Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. not a Santa laugh. I know what you're thinking. Hey friends, folks, buckos, listeners, fans, whatever you want to call yourselves. It's me, Nick. I'm back. I hope you guys enjoyed Roy's take as host last week. Uh, It was a a long time coming that's been in the works for quite a while. Uh, With me being out of town for work and all, I wanted to make sure that, uh, Someone was there to talk to you guys. (laughs) Um, It was a really good show, in my opinion. He he did a really good job of bringing his opinions in. It's a it's it's a different take for once. You know, you guys uh, can't always listen to me blabber on for hours on end. I mean, you can. That's why you listen to me in the first place, right? Anyway, uh, glad to be back. Uh, hopefully we'll get Roy on here soon so both of us can talk to you at the same time. Well, obviously not at the same time, but, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And um, that's something to look forward to. Am I right? Am I right? Anyway, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I'll go over some things he didn't get a chance to cover, uh, as well as new stuff over the last week. And a lot of movie trailers dropped last week, a lot. And uh, more more um, expected to drop in the coming days, uh, which will be on next week's episode. It is Sunday the 8th, uh, as of recording. The Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover begins tonight. Uh, Rick and Morty returns tonight. We will talk about both of those things next week. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, let's just jump right into all this nonsense we got to talk about. And, and, and I say nonsense because it's just a whole, whole lot of stuff. But let's get right on to it. And uh, as always, we will end the episode uh, with a review of The Mandalorian, uh, as we've been doing the last couple weeks. However, this time it will be two episodes of The Mandalorian uh, as uh, we didn't get a chance to really go over episode 4. Anyway, right into video games. Uh, Call of Duty Season 1 is now live. Uh, I am, am still having a lot of fun with Call of Duty. A lot more than I have in, in quite a while. The last Call of Duty I really sunk my teeth into. Uh, it's been three years now. Uh, it was the last Infinity Ward one, which was Infinite Warfare, if I'm not mistaken. The one where Kit Harrington played the bad guy. Uh, World War II was fun, I didn't really get into it that much, and I did not purchase Black Ops 4, as most of you, if not all of you, are are aware of at this point, Uh, if you've been listening to me for a number of years. I'm not a fan of the, uh, uh, what, what, um, can't even think of, the Treyarch Call of Duties. Uh, the last Treyarch Call of Duty I bought, really the only Treyarch Call of Duty I've bought was, uh, the, the original Black Ops. But yeah, I never got, I never bought World at War. I, I played it. I borrowed a friend's, but not, not online or anything like that. That was still the uh, original Modern Warfare days back in back in those times. 
But uh, speaking of, of playing the new Modern Warfare, if you guys do want to play with me, my Call of Duty, or my Activision name, I should say, is the Nick DeFalco, just like my personal Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram handles, uh, as well as my gamer tag and PSN name. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is cross-play. We do not need to be friends on Xbox to play uh, if you guys are on PS4. So hop in a match with me if, if you guys want to. Uh, give me a shout-out and, and we can play a game. Moving on. CD Projekt Red has announced that Cyberpunk 2077 will be coming to next-gen at some point in in the future of, of, of the universe. No, no direct date. Which is interesting because the game launches about eight months or so before the release of the next-gen consoles. Very interesting indeed. I wonder what they're getting at here. Probably nothing, uh, but it won't be available at launch uh, per CD Projekt Red. There's been some rumors floating around the last uh, few months or so, and lately it's been starting to gain more traction. But there's rumors uh, of several different Tony Hawk projects in the works. The last Tony Hawk game, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, was a major letdown. Like, huge letdown, at, at least for me. Uh, the game was very affordable, uh, for one. And it surprisingly was like a, a 12 gigabyte install, which is insane in in today's gaming world, in, really. But... It just, it was not good. And the thing was that the, 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 the remake or the remaster or whatever of the original first two games had come out just before that and it, and it was very good. So it was, it was weird to have, to have that happen. You know what I mean? It was, it was like, what, what the hell, man? That's not cool. So... But right now, like I said, there's there's rumors in the works of a possible Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 6 or uh, a remake of 1 and 2. Now, what's really weird about this is Tony Hawk and Activision actually parted ways. I think it was either last year or, or the year before. Um, but he has not been... He has not had a partnership with Activision for quite a while. So it's... it's it's really weird that this would be coming out now, uh, but part of that I heard is because uh, the only reason these rumors have been gaining traction uh, is is due to the fact that several pro skaters have, have said that they've been modeled or worked on for the... Oh, that's not the right thing. That they've been put in motion capture or uh, they've modeled for the developers of whatever this Tony Hawk game might be. So... If you look at all the Tony Hawk games, there's been a lot of ups and downs, especially those really stupid ones that came out for the Wii with like that balance board, skateboard thing. Then we had some okay ones that, that came out. Granted, half the companies that made these games don't exist anymore. Vicarious Visions, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they're still open. Neversoft is gone. So, it, it, it's... Okay, so Vicarious Visions is still around. I don't even know. What's the last game they worked on? Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Okay. 
So they did that. I don't think they do anything uh, of of major, major anything anymore. They worked on the Skylanders games. That, those are major, but in reality, they're not totally. Um, Neversoft merged with Infinity Ward, so I, I don't know. But then again, I don't think Infinity Ward is going to be pumping out a Tony Hawk game. They don't have time because... You know, they're working on a Call of Duty that has to be out every two years. But if you ask me, the last really good um, game, Tony Hawk game, was probably... I know people liked Proving Ground, but American Wasteland, which was the uh, one that came out between uh, uh, generations. So it was on both Xbox and Xbox 360. It was almost like a, a real successor to Thug, or Tony Hawk's Underground, which those games were really, really good. But I, I just, it, it's been a while since there's been a, a really good Tony Hawk game. And, and it's, it's, it's frustrating, because Tony Hawk games were always very, 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 very fun. And not having a good one in a while, it, it just sucks. Granted, skating games have kind of you know, faded away over time, but it's, I don't know, I mean, look, there, there hasn't been a Skate, they never made a Skate 4, and Skate 3 was a very well-regarded game, it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking at the review scores, the last really well-reviewed game was Proving Ground, and it was in the 70s. So that that's just something to say here. Like I said, the Downhill Jam ones did not do well. Project 8. I'm trying to remember that one. I don't even remember if I played this game. I'm trying to think if I did now. Uh, I don't remember playing this game. I might have. I, I have no idea. I'd have to look at my games. They're They're packed away. Anyway, uh, if a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 6 comes out, I hope it, it's done well. I hope that whoever develops it looks at the problems that plague Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. And I, I just... Or if they remake 1 and 2, then, then let's do that. You know what I mean? But let's not have two different projects... And, and split the resources that could be going to one project. Because then it could hurt both. But I I, I don't know. I'll take, I'll take either one. As long as they're good. You know what I mean? Uh, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, was being interviewed. And talking about stuff that, that they're focusing on for the next console. I guess someone asked him about VR. And he's like, no, Scarlet will not focus on VR along those lines, uh, mainly because gamers don't want it. I guess they surveyed them. Uh, pretty much no one's asking for it, and that's why it's not going to have VR, even though I remember in the sizzle reel for Project Scorpio, which ended up being Xbox One X, said that it will would support VR. That never came because clearly no one cared enough. Yes, there's PSVR, but I feel like that's not as popular as it was when it first came out. Oculus exists and things like this, but I mean, I've only started seeing commercials for Oculus now, so 
I, I feel like there is a demand for VR. I don't know if it's a mass appeal for everyone. Granted, they're, they're, there's a lot of restrictive, uh, a lot of restrictions to own and use, I should say. Not everyone has a, a, a gaming rig capable enough of, of having a VR headset. Oculus does have that one that does not require a PC now. It, it's still as much as a console itself. It's around four, 400 bucks, I think it was, uh, three 300 for the one with a uh, smaller memory. So it, it, it's not, there's a lot of barriers to own. So it's not for everyone. Just like ma- regular gaming isn't for everyone. People aren't going to pay $500 for a console and then go and drop 300 bucks on a VR headset. Yes, some people did with PSVR. They had that bundle. But in, in reality, do we know how many of those actually sold? What have I've never seen numbers for PSVR sales. Sony touts their PS4 sales, like, all the time. It just broke a record. Sony just broke a record for most consoles sold. I mean, PlayStation had its 25th anniversary. I don't see any numbers being touted for PSVR. Where are those numbers? Okay, I'm looking. It says, uh, 4.2 million sold as of... Oh, I just lost it. Uh, as of March 2019. There's been a hundred million PlayStation 4s sold. So 4% of PS4 owners own a PSVR. That is not a lot. That is not a lot. Yes, it's a lot in the grand scheme of things. But in reality, 4% is not... It's nothing to wag a finger at compared to the amount of PlayStation 4s that have been sold. I mean, let's, let's let's look at an Oculus right here real quick. Let's see how many rifts have been sold. Uh, I don't see a number. Uh, but <sighs> Oculus Rift sold close to 600,000, okay? Even less. So, I mean, what, what, what are we talking here? How many, how many of these have really... How many people at the end of the day are really going for these different headsets? And... I, I don't even see a number of units sold or projected sold for the Quest, which came out this year. So, in, in reality, I'm sure we won't know until next year if Facebook even puts out those that data. We won't know. So, I don't know what, what kind of numbers VR is doing. The PS1 just had, had the benefit of being in a bundle. But how many people are though? How many people are actually playing those on a regular basis? You know, it's it's yes, there's sell-through data, but is there daily usage data? So it, it it's a combination of different things, and and I can see why Phil doesn't want to focus on that right now. And speaking of VR and Oculus, uh, Facebook has announced that they have uh, bought the developers of the game Beat Saber. That really cool game where it looks like you got two lightsabers where music's playing and you like slice boxes open. So that's cool. Facebook is buying video game companies now. In crazy announcements, MechWarrior 5 has been released. Uh, by the time that you are listening to this, it will come out on Tuesday, I think. And it's been 19 years. 19 years since MechWarrior 4 came out. Yeah, 2001. MechWarrior 4. That's nuts, man. That's crazy. Hey, let's make a sequel 19 years later. 
And Microsoft still owns the rights. Maybe we'll get it on Xbox. It's on PC, though, where it's always been. So that makes sense. Uh, looks like people are modding Baby Yoda into Battlefront 2 in some capacity. Doesn't look good, but he's there. <laughs> um, speaking of Battlefront 2, though, there is going to be a release of Rise of the Skywalker content, uh, including the new Sith Trooper, new outfits for Rey and Finn. I didn't see if it was Poe. Uh, new maps, things like this, so be on the lookout for that. It will come... Uh, before the release of the movie and after the release of the movie, obviously for spoilerific reasons. And sticking with this trend with acquisitions, uh, Codemasters, the makers of Grid, uh, uh, Rally, Dirt Rally, and some other racing games, they're based out of Australia, if I'm not mistaken, have purchased Slightly Mad Studios. Uh, if you recognize the name, that's because they have made uh, several of the Need for Speed games uh, and they finally broke off and made their own game in the uh, Project Cars and then Project Cars 2. So they're being acquired by a studio that uh, and developer that's known for racing games. Makes sense. Uh, I know we've been talking about the PS5 dev kits that have now been out in the wild. Uh, I guess the, the Project Scarlet ones have, have not been outed yet or maybe they're a little bit stricter in place or they don't look like anything more than a pc because remember dev kits don't actually end up looking like the console they're just beefed up pcs to allow developers to make the games and build them and run them uh, but that v shape in the middle is real it's for venting uh, it's a it's a beast of a machine granted the dev kits for ps4 i if i remember correctly were pretty hefty as well uh, as for the uh, Xbox One and Project Scarlet ones, as, or Project Scorpio ones as well. Um, I wonder what the actual thing will look like, but I'm sure we'll know in a few short months uh, once we get into early 2020. Uh, Kojima was being interviewed and said that if he does make a Death Stranding 2, uh, he'll start from scratch, essentially. It's from zero. It's not going to be a direct sequel to the first game, which makes sense. I mean, look at his Metal Gear series. Metal Gear Solid... Then Metal Gear Solid 2 was a prequel. Then Metal Gear Solid 3 was a sequel to 1. Then 4 was a prequel. And 5 was a prequel. And all this other stuff was going on. And I don't get it. But that's Kojima. He likes to tell a story and weave it in a certain way. And uh, probably won't make a second one for a while. He'll probably go right to uh, a new game, if anything. Um, a new Starship Troopers game is coming. That's right. You want to know more? The weird thing is it's going to be uh, part of the movie universe. And it's going to... Granted, they've made some other direct-to-DVD sequels, but it's going to be closer to the, the original movie. And not off the book series, which is an uh, interesting take. But everyone knows the movie, I guess, more than the, than the, the, the books. Yeah. Time to... Hope, hopefully Rico's Roughnecks are featured. They said it's going to be like a RTS slash tower defense style game. Could be interesting. Kill some bugs, huh? Um, kind of going over to, to new consoles. Uh, rumors are starting to float around that a discless version of Project Scarlet is still in the works. Uh, maybe not ready for launch, but will come not long after as a, a cheaper alternative to the, the beefier regular Project Scarlet, which is usually called uh, Anaconda. I don't remember... I'm trying to remember what the other name is um, for the discless or the cheaper one. Anyway, 
uh, that that's what's floating around. But speaking of that, Phil Spencer tweeted out recently that he has a finished version of whatever the next Xbox will be and is currently playing games on it at his home and playing with members of the community. So if you're gaming with Phil Spencer, uh, which he does play with, with, with the players, with the community a lot, you might be playing against him on his new Xbox console. And he may, he reiterated that he was using his uh, Pro Controller or Elite Xbox Elite Version 2 controller. So that's, uh, that's what's happening. So you might not even know that you're playing against him on the next-gen console. Because it, it's pretty much ready, is what he's saying. Also announced are 4K remasters of Vanquish and Bay- Bayonetta, uh, which will be released for Xbox in 2020. Uh, for Xbox One, I should say. Was, you know, I think they came out for Xbox like 10 years ago or something like that. But it's weird. Uh, even weirder still, Snoop Dogg. Yes, that Snoop Dogg has been added to NHL 20 as both a commentator and a player. Gotta, that's got to be the weirdest crossover in gaming. Like, there's been some crazy stuff, but I didn't know Snoop Dogg was that into hockey. It's crazy. Granted, like, I, I feel like uh, uh, Madden would make more sense. The man's a big NFL fan, huge Raider fan, for that matter. But I'm uh, kind of surprised by that. It's weird. It's very weird. Very weird indeed. But not out of the ordinary. Not out of the ordinary at all. Also announced is a full-size Commodore 64 revival. Uh, it's it's uh, Commodore 64, if, if you're unaware, as an old video game console. technically a computer from back in the 80s. It's actually the number one selling personal computer of all time, which is mind-boggling, to say the least. But uh, there was a Commodore 64, 60, C64 Mini it was called, that came out in the past with some old Commodore games, but this is something new, and it's going to be essentially a full-on revival of the original. Uh, I don't know if it will allow for connection of modern peripherals, though. That was not announced. It's supposed to come out, like, next month in the UK, and uh, it might be uh, no word yet, though, on when it will be available in the United States. So that's something to look... Uh, that's something to look forward to uh, whenever you guys uh, like collecting classic consoles. And uh, last bit of gaming news, which kind of ties into our, our TV news, which is next. Uh, Dr. Disrespect, yes, the popular Twitch streamer, has signed a TV deal with Skybound, uh, the makers of The Walking Dead. He has... Uh, I guess it says the series will be based on his persona, Dr. Disrespect. Uh, The real man, his name is Guy Beam. Spoke with The Hollywood Reporter. Said that we are pretty early in terms of the creative and the direction we want to take it, Beam said. Uh, There's some early discussions around animation. The one thing I try to focus on is making sure everything stays consistent. You don't want to lose the authenticity of the character. There are a lot... uh, The... CEO of Skybound said there are a lot of incredibly talented streamers, but there's something special about what Guy has done in creating this character. We really believe there's a unique world around the Doctor. 
That's for damn sure, if you ask me. People love him. Um, also, I guess the uh, CEO said, How the Doctor Became the Doctor. You can't fully explore that in the stream itself, but getting inside the, that narrative is what got us excited about working with, with him. Um, some opportunities that run parallel with streaming and things like this. Uh, while he is still focused on streaming, he has about 3.8 million followers on Twitch. Uh, many of them are paid subscribers. And he has over 150 million views on Twitch. So, and he was banned earlier in the year. He's gone through some other issues. He was off Twitch for quite a while. Uh, but it looks like he's going to get a TV show. So that's pretty fucking cool. Which leads into our normal next topic. And that is television. Television. Despite the fact that Nickelodeon signed a rumored $200 million plus dollar deal with Netflix... They've also signed on with CBS All Access to put their shows there. Which I don't fucking understand. What? What? Why? Why do you sign a deal with Netflix, but then put your stuff on another platform? I... Makes no sense. My head hurts from this. I do not get it. So it says... uh, Hollywood Reporter again. uh, So Viacom and CBS close in on their December 4 merger. Oh, they're merging, so that's part of it, which still doesn't make any sense with the Netflix deal. And uh, we don't know what shows are going to be there and what aren't. Um, SpongeBob and Dora won't be there, allegedly. And uh, this is mainly because Viacom doesn't have their own streaming service. Maybe we'll get some MTV stuff on there as well. But I guess... Like, Spongebob and Dora are on Amazon Prime Video with their Nick Hits platform, which is 8 bucks a month. And, like I said, I uh, this is weird. Um, so I guess Viacom Nickelodeon content is in a limbo somewhat. Uh, multiple services. Like I said, Netflix. Um, they're getting a, a Squidward spinoff on Netflix. And uh, so, yeah. They also have the Invader Zim movie, the Rocco movie. Uh, they have Victorious, Sam and Cat, and Hey Arnold, the Jungle movie are on there now as well. Um, so are the two Rugrats movies. Drake and Dro- Josh is on Hulu, which probably won't be there for long. It's weird. Very odd. I don't understand some of this stuff. And then there's also going to be a SpongeBob prequel. Is that going to be on TV, or is that going to be on... I mean, uh, what's going on here, folks? I think we're all confused. (laughs) Anyway, uh, over at Netflix, unfortunately, Mystery Science Theater 3000 has been canceled. uh, Which kind of proves that no one was really watching it. Just like no one really watched it back in the day. Kind of a cult show, that's for damn sure. Unfortunately, no real surprise there. They haven't really gotten to do any, like, bigger movies. Granted, the show always was... Watching like old B and C movies and critiquing them, but yeah, that's uh, that's it. Uh, Baby Yoda merch is now pre-orderable. You can get a Funko of him. Uh, some stuff is expected to be ready before Christmas. Uh, some basic ass T-shirts and and things like this. Uh, granted, it was mainly to avoid spoilers, but you should be able to get some some early stuff and quick stuff if it hasn't already sold out. 
Uh, and speaking of that, speaking of the Mandalorian, uh, Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, does want to direct an episode of season two. So that's uh, that's something I would I would welcome that. I like Ryan Johnson. Uh, I saw Knives Out. We're actually going to talk about that today. Uh, I saw Knives Out this morning, actually. I don't know how I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. My mind wanders. But uh, I do like Ryan Johnson, so I'd welcome him directing an episode of The Mandalorian. I, the Last Jedi is my third favorite Star Wars movie. So bring it on. Bring it on, Lucasfilm. If you are a fan of The Simpsons... Uh, there are rumors currently floating around, depending on who you ask, though, that The Simpsons might be ending with season 30. Per Danny Elfman, the composer, uh, and composer of The Simpsons, he says the show's ending. If you ask Al Jean, the executive producer of the show, he says it's not. So maybe they're just kicking Danny Elfman off and no one told him. <laughs> I wonder what decision dis Disney will make. Um... Disney Plus uh, has ordered a new show called Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, it's a game show that's going to be like uh, Ninja Warrior for kids and testing them out to be future Padawans, huh? So kids can try and be a Jedi on live TV. How about that? That's cool. Not really. Also announced, which is kind of weird, Disney Plus is developing a spinoff from the live-action Aladdin based around Prince Anders, which is the character Billy Magnuson played in, in the movie, he's like the first prince that the Sultan and Jafar try to marry Jasmine off into. Um, it's kind of weird. This is all per The Hollywood Reporter, who's just all over the place <laughs> this, this week. And uh, I don't know why they would do that. Oh, he's the one who pitched it. I guess he's just looking for work. I don't see that lasting very long. He was a dullard and a dotard. Dot, dotard, dotard. He's an idiot in the movie. Let me, let me just put it that way. It was easy to just say it that way. <laughs> um, got a new trailer. Uh, actually, sorry, no. Continuing here. Uh, Disney Plus has also announced, or Marvel Studios, MCU, has announced that the Moon Knight show, She-Hulk show, and Miss Marvel show should all be finished with production by the end of next year. Uh, which indicates that they will premiere sometime in 2021 uh, or 2022 at the latest, depending on how much post-production is needed. And uh, got a trailer for The Boys Season 2 over at Amazon. Looks way more gory than the first season. Uh, very intense, that's for damn sure. I can't fucking wait. That show was great when it aired. Uh, granted, I watched it a couple weeks late, but that was a fucking good show. Can't wait to see what they do with season two. Um, and then, uh, Reno 911 might be coming back, which gets me very excited, because that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. But it's returning to, to Queeby, which I, I still don't understand what this is. It's a streaming service, and this, this is per IGN. Uh, Queeby, which stands for Quick Bites, is an upcoming mobile streaming app that will feature short-form videos from prestigious creators like Spielberg, Del Toro, and Lehman, Doug Lehman. Uh, it will launch in April for $5 a month with ads, or $8 a month for no ads. Uh, 
founded by former DreamWorks animation boss Jeff Katzenberg. Uh, he's also teaming with Meg Whitman, the former head of HP and presidential candidate. Uh, the platform will release feature-length films and episodic chapters running around 10 minutes. That's really fucking stupid. Uh, Queeby's app will run exclusively on mobile platforms in the hopes of reaching a younger demographic. They said that they want to be... What we say internally is we'd like to be the quality of HBO and offer customers the convenience of Spotify, is what Meg Whitman said. Uh, we're not Facebook Watch, we're not Snapchat, we're not Instagram TV, we're not YouTube, we're Queeby, and it's not denigrating those platforms at all, but we're staking out a premium position relative to those. Again, really fucking stupid. I don't see this lasting for long. Uh, Katzenberg went on to tell the LA Times that he hopes Queeby will be able to successfully combine the strengths of movies and episodic television into the third generation of film narrative. Uh, they secured over a billion dollars in f development funding, which is a fucking ton of money, uh, while also enlisting some of Hollywood's most elite filmmakers. And they, they got a lot of stuff already. So, which I, I can't believe is, I'm stoked about Reno. Um, they'll also have docu-series and daily essentials with from places like NBC and ESPN, so people are hopping on board. So yeah, so I said Reno 911, a show called The Now, uh, which comes from the Ferrelli brothers. Uh, we'll have Dave Franco, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is Ice Cube's son, Bill Murray, Alyssa Milano. They're getting a show, uh, something from Guillermo del Toro, like I mentioned before. The Rock is producing a show and comedy series for it. Um, Zac Efron will be in it, surprisingly. Some show with Don Cheadle. There, there's a lot going on here. Kevin Hart is going to have something, like I said, Spielberg. This is crazy. This is really crazy. A lot of stuff. A, a remake of The Fugitive. Again? I'm, I'm con confused here. Uh, looks like Kiefer Sutherland will be in it. Uh, whatever. Um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which I'm guessing is a remake of the great movie, which will not go over well with some people. I'm just looking at this list of stuff. There's a lot of fucking things coming to this show. A lot of people. Okay. Uh, a new Varsity Blues. I don't know if that will work properly. And, oh God, a Will Forte show about flipping homes. That can get dangerous real quick. What is all this stuff? I don't see this thing lasting very long. I don't see it lasting long at all. Something with Joe Jonas. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that lasting. Even with with uh, Reno nine one one coming back with some of the original cast, I, I don't see it. Anyway, um, I watched the Harley Quinn show. I've only watched one episode. I, I, I don't know. Uh, episode two came out on Friday. Haven't had a chance to to cop it yet. And look, I'm I'm not one to complain about gratuitousness, but in the Harley Quinn show, it it seems like extremely gratuitous. The, the, the cursing is just, like, way out of bounds. Like, way too much, and, and just doesn't... It seems off. 
and so does the violence for that matter. It's very graphic. Yes, I know we we were told to expect this, but it, it it's it seems out of place for it to like like quick hits like this right right off the bat. Um, and that was me snapping. <laughs> I confused you with that sound there, but the the one good thing is Alan Tudyk as the Joker. He shines really well as as the Joker. I, I really like his take on it. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco's take on Harley is 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 weird. Because she she can't find her voice, like she keeps shifting back between, like Harley's typical like Brooklyn New York style accent, and then just a voice without an accent, and and it, it random times it will pop up. It it's very, it's very disjointed. And and like I said, I haven't watched the second episode yet, but to me, it's not off to a great start. I'll, I'll give it a couple more, but it's not something. I don't see this lasting a long time. Even though the animation style is solid and everything else is solid, it's just... I, I think they missed the mark so far on this one. And uh, some sad news to report. Uh, Carol Spinney, the voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, has passed away. Uh, he was in his late 80s. It's unfortunate. So those of you who might remember... Uh, watching Sesame Street as a child. Granted, he only retired like a year and a half ago. Um, that happened. And then Rene Albert-Jean I think I'm saying that correct. Um, let me, let's ask Google. Let's ask Google how to say his name. Okay, Google. Who played Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Odo was played by Rene Albert-Jean Okay, I was today years old when I learned how to say that name. Um, he passed away as well. Uh, like I said, famous for playing Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Also was in The Patriot, the Mel Gibson movie, and, and quite a, a number of other projects. Uh, and it's unfortunate that we lost uh, two big, big stars of, of, of TV this past weekend. So uh, just a moment of silence there for them. Anyway, moving on to movies. Sad news here for Godzilla fans. Godzilla vs. Kong has been delayed from March to November. Almost an eight-month delay. Granted, that is pretty much an eight-month delay, but the movie was supposed to come out in late March, so almost eight, almost eight months. Uh, they're still working on it, though, which is okay, because maybe they'll do some reshoots and, and add some good stuff to it. Um, and another depending-on-who-you-ask situation... Uh, the question is, has the Snyder Cut been finished? If you ask Zack Snyder, he says, yes, it's done, and he completed a lot of the work himself. If you ask some of the actors, they'll say yes. If you ask some of the other people, they might say no. Hell, Danny Elfman said it's not finished. Granted, he was brought in by Joss Whedon, so we don't know his full knowledge of the situation. And interestingly enough, Chris Terrio, the co-writer on the, on the movie when asked about it, said he couldn't really speak on the matter, but in a few months he'll be able to. Which ties into the rumor that it might premiere on HBO Max next year. Huh. I wonder what the truth might be. And, uh, looks like Danny Elfman might be batting zero here. Because he is 0 for 2 on these stories. If we're going to go with the, the people that were more intimately involved in the situations he's speaking about. Uh, who knows, though. Uh, Jordan Vogt-Roberts, uh, who directed Kong Skull Island, 
has announced that he has turned in a draft of his Metal Gear Solid movie and hopes to start filming uh, sometime in the future, and hopefully it won't uh, it won't be too long. Mark Ruffalo met with Kevin Feige and the, the big wigs at the MCU, Marvel Studios, and pitched a possible Hulk versus Wolverine movie. I wonder who they'd get to play Hulk. Or wait, he's Hulk. <laughs> I'm being dumb there. Who they would get to play Wolverine. I mean, big shoes to fill after Hugh Jackman stepped away from the role. I should say humongous shoes to fill, really. Uh, we also got an update on, on the future of DC movies. Uh, I guess uh, Variety said that uh, Michael B. Jordan did meet with the executives at Warner Brothers and pitched a, a Superman remake. Uh, but I guess his schedule's too busy for that to, to, to work. Uh, also saying that a possible new Superman could hit in 2023, despite the fact that Henry Cavill recently said that the cape is still his and it's in his closet. Uh, the Suicide Squad movie being directed by James Gunn might carry a hard R rating, uh, just like Joker did, and the Harley Quinn movie will also have a big R, as it uh, has a lot of F-bombs in that movie as well. Uh, it's also said that Jeff Johns is still working on his Green Lantern Corps movie and is expected to turn in a script by the end of the year. Greg Berlanti is also working on a Green Lantern show, which is uh, supposed to be on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ezra Miller is still attached to The Flash, uh, except it's getting pushed back now beyond uh, Fantastic Beasts 3. And then uh, the writer of Bumblebee, Christina Hodson, has been brought in to write the script and work on the Batgirl movie uh, after Joss Whedon stepped away. Uh, the Trench movie, which is a spinoff from Aquaman, uh, I guess doesn't have a director yet, but uh, Warner Brothers does want Aquaman 2 to start filming uh, sometime in early 2021 with a release for 2022 December at that point. Uh, but it looks like there might be new movies on HBO Max as well from DC, but with smaller budgets. So uh, stay tuned for more as we get more information. Uh, like I said, this is kind of a weird time of year. Uh, we did get a new trailer for Wonder Woman. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so that's uh, that's what's next on the DC docket. Um, and speaking of DC, Peter Sarsgaard has joined the Batman in some capacity. Uh, unknown role. Some people think he's playing Harvey Dent. Uh, he's floated around movies for a long time. He's not part of the Skarsgård clan, though. Uh, most recently, let me see what he was in most recently, but DC fans might remember him from the Green Lantern movie. Uh, he did play the villain. Uh, what, what did they call him? In? I don't remember, but um, otherwise, that that's something he was in. Uh, he was also in movies like uh, The Man in the Iron Mask, he was also in... Uh, oh, look, he's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. I did not know that. Uh, anyway, hold on. I'm pulling up his most recent films here. Um, the Sound of Silence. The Magnificent Seven. I was also in Black Mass. Uh, some other movies you might know. Blue Jasmine. Uh, like I said, he was in Green Lantern. Oh, Dr. Henry, uh, Hector Hammond. That's what it was. Um, he's also been in some TV shows. But that is something that you guys might remember him from, uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, also news, uh, since Matt Reeves is directing the, the new Batman movie, 
uh, his former franchise, Planet of the Apes, is apparently getting a new film uh, with the director of the Maze Runner series. No word, though, on if it's a reboot or a sequel. Granted, now that we've seen the origin of how they took over the planet and the, the, the dying out of the human race, let's uh, jump ahead a, a few hundred years and let's get back to the uh, OG ones, you know, like uh, where they're, the apes are talking and walking around like normal people. Put on some rubber masks while we're at it. Uh, let's not have a, a terrible epic like the one Tim Burton did in 2001 with Mark Wahlberg. Let's just forget about that one, huh? Todd McFarlane was being interviewed and, and uh, says that he is going to get his Spawn movie made no matter what. Essentially what he's saying is he's going to do everything in his power to make sure this Spawn movie gets made. And I don't know if Jamie Fox Fox, what am I saying? Jamie Fox is still attached to Star, but Todd McFarlane promises this movie will get made no matter what. <laughs> um, also in the weirdest movie news... Johnny Depp is allegedly producing a movie about Michael Jackson told from the perspective of his bejeweled glove. I hope this is fake. Like, like that's the only reason I'm talking about it, because it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Sounds like an animated movie, if anything. (laughs) Wild. Just wild. But let's move on to what I'm going to call trailer frenzy, because there's just a fuck ton of movie trailers pretty much i mean it's like five but still that that's a lot uh first one is uh black widow trailer got our first look of david Har- at david harbour as red guardian and uh, uh which is funny uh, he's the soviet version of captain america essentially this movie takes place before infinity war if i'm not mistaken uh granted because you know black widow's still alive and uh spoiler but uh, looks interesting. I don't like the the how Taskmaster looks. He looks like he's going to be the main villain of the film. I think the Marvel Spider-Man game did a better job. Uh, and so did the Marvel game, that's, uh, Avengers game, that, that's not even out yet, has a better looking Taskmaster. The MCU is usually better about doing costumes. But uh, it has my interest. There's some cool action scenes. Uh, there's some other stuff. There's a looks like a decent story is going to happen about uh, you know finding your family and, and reconnecting with them because Natasha's been away for so long. But it has my interest. I'll I'll say that. We also got a trailer for the new James Bond film, which was supposed to release last month but got delayed for a number of reasons. This trailer was fucking awesome. Got me hyped. Q is back. Looks like there's going to be gadgets. There's a fucking Gatling guns hidden in his Aston Martin, which is amazing. Classic Bond right there. Uh, got our first look at Remy Malik and his new villain, which a lot of people are thinking he's playing Dr. No, which I can kind of buy into. He looks like he's got some uh, Asian motif. He's got a scar on his face, similar to the original Dr. No. Maybe he's playing someone different. And what I thought was not going to happen... But it is happening is Christoph Waltz is back as Blofeld in, in some capacity. Um, looks like he's in prison, though. My money's on him not staying in there for very long if that movie plays out like other James Bond movies. Got a new trailer for Mulan, which, if you ask me, is kind of uh, meh. And didn't really do anything to get me excited. 
Disney's already seen that when they start cutting out the songs from the cartoons, they don't do well in their animated, uh, their live action versions. And it looks like there is going to be some form of Mushu, but this time not really a dragon. And granted, this this, this film's already going to have problems out of the out of problems out of the gate because the actress playing Mulan supported mainland China, not Hong Kong, and there's already just going to be contentions around. Um, uh, this is probably a movie I'm going to skip and, and watch uh, once it's on, on TV or Disney Plus or whatever it is. And uh, the last trailer uh, of the week came out today, actually, uh, from Comic-Con Brazil, or Brazil Comic-Con, and it's the Wonder Woman trailer. And oh my fucking God, this trailer got me hyped to the max. First off, it's 80s gold, which is is perfect. Looks like it flips the script on the first Wonder Woman where uh, Chris Pine is kind of showing Diana like humanity's life in the 20s, you know, when he brings her out of off Themyscira Island into London. Uh, still don't understand how Steve Trevor's back, but uh, it's, it's her showing him around the 80s, which is hilarious. Also, Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord is, is going to be probably a really fun villain. Got some good, interesting tidbits from Kristen Wiig and her take on the cheetah. Uh, got an awesome look at Wonder Woman's new, like, golden eagle armor, which looks fucking cool. Looks like we're going to have more flashbacks and uh, get an idea of, of training on on Themyscira uh, for the Amazons. And then the money shot of this fucking trailer, which blew my mind, shows Wonder Woman freaking like, gliding off of... of lightning she's using her fucking golden whip she whips onto like lightning strikes and fucking swings from each one like spider-man does from building to building looks fucking cool dude like that was awesome that was so cool i can't wait for this movie comes out in june oh god got me hyped yo and then the did i say the last trailer the last trailer was actually the trailer for ryan reynolds new movie called free guy where he plays an NPC in a video game and decides to fight back and become the hero. Movie looks hilarious. And uh, Ryan Reynolds said it was his favorite movie to make. Uh, it was a Fox film, but is now being distributed by Disney. And uh, looks like a ton of fun. Taika Waititi's in it, so we, we should be in, in for a wealth of, 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 of hilariousness. So I can't wait. Uh, like I said before... I did see Knives Out today, way better than I expected. 9 out of 10, for sure. Uh, written and directed by uh, Ryan Johnson, as I mentioned before. It's a classic, like, caper whodunit movie. And the ensemble cast is great. Jamie Lee Curtis is really good. Don Johnson is really good. Uh, the, best, the best person by far in the movie, though, is... Uh, Daniel Craig, and he plays this character who's got this, like, really funny, like, foghorn, leghorn type accent, and he plays, like, the, the private investigator, excuse me, private investigator. Oh, man, it, 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 uh, was really good. I, uh, way better than I anticipated. I was nice seeing Chris Evans play the villain for once, so it, it was, it was a, it was a welcome addition, uh, to, like, classic caper, like, Agatha Christie type movies like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express and things like this. There's some twists in, in it and stuff like that. And it's it's not what you expect. 
and that's what I loved about it. So I, I would definitely recommend it. Like I said, it's it's nine out of ten. One of my favorite movies of the year, actually. And it's uh, funny that it came out towards the end of the year, but I I enjoyed it very much. Very good movie. That that's for damn sure. I would highly recommend you check it out. Um, but that that's Knives Out. Uh, and last bit of news here, uh, movie news before we have some other stuff, and then talk about the Mandalorian. Uh, some Star Wars news roundup. Uh, it, despite being previously rumored as being the longest Star Wars movie, it actually will not be the longest. Uh, it's going to be about 141, 142 minutes, which makes it the third longest. Uh, the writers of the of of uh, Rise of Skywalker, or the writers or the people working on the film, met with George Lucas and took a lot of no- notes. So they're they're not going to totally shit on the Last Jedi. They're going to build from that and then also listen to what George had to say. And, and they brought him in uh, as well as uh, some new force powers might be introduced uh, from Ray in the film. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we are just about a week and a half, two weeks from the release of The Rise of Skywalker. We will talk about it in two weeks. I, I am going opening night uh, as well as a day or two after. So I, I will be seeing it at least, at least, at least two times uh, uh, on opening weekend, and we'll definitely be able to talk a lot about that uh, afterwards. But uh, that that's the Rise of Skywalker. Can't fucking wait. I cannot fucking wait. It is... It, oh, I'm, I'm waiting. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, and sticking on Star Wars, find a bit of normal news before we talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, finally got news on when the Star Wars... Uh, hotel will open at Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, just a quick reminder, it's called the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Uh, it's going to be based on a two-day adventure where you ride a ship called the Halcyon. It's like a cruise-style ship. Uh, so this is what happens. You'll become the hero of your own adventure in an experience that surrounds you 24-7 in Star Wars storytelling. When passengers arrive, they will first enter the Star Cruiser Terminal and we're bored an exclusive launch pod to travel up to the Halcyon. This is uh, per IGN. The name of the Starship Hotel where you will be living out your Star Wars dreams. Disney also revealed new concept images. So, uh, looks like you pull up to like an indiscriminate, like, entryway, which I guess acts as like a starport. And, um, they show like the interior of these, these pods that you're taking up. They, they look like actual like vehicles with seats and stuff. So I'm sure they're little trams, maybe. And uh, so on the Halcyon, passengers look out the viewports. They'll be greeted by the dark expanse of space, fully immersing them in the experience. During the adventure, passengers will make a stop at Galaxy's Edge, also known as the Black Spire Outpost on the planet Batu, where they will take transport ships to never lose the illusion of this adventure. Interesting. So it looks like you're just going to skip like the main entrance and just go right to Batu. And then maybe back to your hotel. So maybe not hanging out in the park too much. Uh, and it is now going to open in 2021. No no exact date. But I'm sure they'll start taking reservations soon. That is something I definitely want to save up for. Uh, hopefully we don't have to wait too long. Uh, granted, Star Wars Celebration is coming back to California next August. Maybe we'll learn then. Uh, I'm sure that that won't open until mid to late 2021. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Um, That is it for normal news. Other than that, uh, I'm going to talk about The Mandalorian, some spoilers ahead. Uh, Granted, it's 
been a little while since episode four, but five will still be fresh. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, uh, thank you guys for giving Roy a chance last week. I hope I hope you guys do listen to that episode. Uh, normal stuff, as always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can find links to all our social media pages as well as a collection of all our social media images there. Uh, follow us at nicksnerdnews on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also at nicksnerdnews.com, you can listen to the show right there in your browser, or if you prefer to listen on the go, You'll find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts pages. So, uh, if you want to listen to old episodes or want new ones on the go or subscribe, it's all right there at nicksnerdnews.com. Uh, otherwise, if you guys are, are checking out now, I'll catch you on the flip side. Otherwise, stick around for the Mandalorian recap. Uh, thanks, guys, for sticking around. Uh, we didn't get to talk about episode four last week. Obviously, I wasn't around. Episode four was a bit of a change from the first three. A little bit slower. Mandalorian goes to a planet to try and hide out. Uh, gets involved with a village, essentially, that needs help with protection. And uh, also meets Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. Uh, she's a former shock trooper for the Rebellion. Decides to retire. They get in a little... F- Tussle, which was uh, very well choreographed. Uh, granted, Gina Carano used to be in the UFC, so it makes sense. But uh, it, it ended with a very memeable moment, which I'm sure you've seen online, of Baby Yoda sipping soup, which is hilarious. And uh, while I, I wasn't a fan of the show too much, it, it did introduce some interesting uh, continuity errors. I guess Mandalorians can't take their helm off, helmet off in front of anyone at all, which doesn't make sense because in Rebels, a lot of Mandalorians were taking their helmets off in front of a lot of non-Mandalorians. Very confusing times this is. But uh, the, the action does pick up, so the Mandalorian ends up helping this village, and uh, he plays fights these alien marauders. And I guess the Empire, after they collapsed, just left their shit everywhere. So the, these marauders just happened to take over an ATST. And this sequence is really fucking badass, though. The ATST, I guess at night, it has internal red lights, which red lighting at nighttime really helps uh, you see in the dark. Uh, it, it's not as bright or light polluting as blue or, or white or anything like that. And uh, it, it's this awesome looking just red eyes in the darkness of an ATST, and there's some really tense moments where it's like firing on the village and uh it, they're kind of pinned down by it but then it, it gets stuck it, it's it's really cool it, it's hard to describe definitely check it out uh the episode was actually directed by bryce dallas howard uh, daughter of ron howard star of the jurassic world franchise uh, along with chris pratt but it was different and, and i liked it I liked it a lot. It was different from the first three, but wasn't as good as the first three, but it, it was still good because it, it moves the plot along in a way that makes sense. Now, where we lose that in a bit is with episode five, which takes place on, on Tatooine, of all places, uh, in Mos Eisley, uh, hive of scum and villainy. Uh, there were a few bright spots other than that it was filled with nostalgia porn, uh, Amy Sedaris, who's a funny comedian known for her uh, Strangers with Candy movie and TV show, uh, plays a port um, 
I guess she runs like a, a spaceport or she runs the docking bay that, that the Mando uh, leave, lands in. Uh, she watches Baby Yoda throughout the whole episode, and all those scenes are hilarious because Amy Sedaris is hilarious. Uh, meanwhile, the Mando finds himself in the Moss Eisley Cantina, which in the six or so, or no, wait, the eight or so years since uh, A New Hope probably seven closer to seven years anyway apparently droids are now allowed in 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 the cantina which is new there's droids behind the bar there's droids around around the bar were would be very angry that's uh that's the name of the bartender for you uh star wars fans out there and uh the mando meets this bounty hunter who's trying to get into the guild not a character i'm very fond of they end up hunting a former enforcer and sniper who ends up being played by uh, Ming-Na Wen, who you might know from, what's that show? Uh, uh, that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She plays, um, oh god, I, May, Agent May. <laughs> also the voice of Mulan, if you didn't know. Anyway, uh, it seems like all these cameos are just like one or two episode stints. Interesting take. But, um... Creates this awesome foil for the Mandalorian. She's this awesome sniper, and they try to attack her on on swoop bikes. Really cool. But, uh, I don't know. It, it was very nostalgia-heavy. There were, like, uh, Stormtrooper helmets and mentions of credits. And then there's this tease at the end for a character who a lot of people are starting to think is Boba Fett. I don't buy into it as much. Uh, episode 5 was slow i didn't care for the bounty hunter character they introduced um he ends up getting killed anyway by by mando so i I don't know it's just not something it was uh it was different and i i don't know i i wouldn't middle of the road for me that's for damn sure i it wasn't terrible but it wasn't good either in in the grand scheme of the show so far if anything, I think they were just trying to go for that nostalgia factor in this particular episode and then get it out of the way so they can finish strong on the final final episodes. Uh, this week's episode will air on Friday like normal. Uh, next week, though, considering it's the week of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, they probably don't want to release an episode the same day as the movie. The episode will release on Wednesday and will feature uh, some kind of scene from the rise of skywalker so so be on the lookout for that next week otherwise that's it for nixner news we had a bit of a long episode there just so we could cover two weeks worth of stuff and uh i will catch you guys on the flip side and uh hope you have a good week holidays are coming up uh unlike last year we will not be skipping the week of christmas we will have an episode probably just talking about star wars for the most part And uh, that's it. I will catch you guys on the flip side, as always, and talk to you next week. Have a good one.